So I want to start off today. Um, I want to talk about thanks. Um, so if you if you have your Bibles or your your devices, your phones, turn to Psalm 100. Um, and if you want to keep a finger in John 3, um, there's two passages that we're going to be reading, and that's Psalm 100 and John 3. And I, I gave uh, the scripture to uh, Talia, who's uh, running media today. And I'm like, that's it. She's like, what? That's it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. And uh, I think she thought it was going to be a short message, but there's no guarantee of that. There's no promise of that. Just because we're doing you know, <laughs> scriptures, that really means nothing. So um, so if, when we read Psalm 100, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. And I, I want you to read this and tell me if this doesn't sound like a party. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. In the New American Standard, uh, it says, Shout, Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever as faithfulness endures to all generations. That's a party. That's a description of a party. There is shouting. There is serving. There is singing. There is joy. There is recognition of a wonderful host. It should be a party. Our hearts in a position of giving thanks, it should be joyous. Uh, I challenge you to to sit down and have an intentional moment to sit there and try and thanks and not feel joy. I challenge you to sit and give thanks and not feel peace. I did it yesterday. I'm like, all right, let, let's see, let's see how long I can do this for, and, and let's see if there's ever a part where that wanes. The entire time I was giving thanks, there was just joy, there was peace, there was gratitude. You know, I, I probably should have started in giving. In giving thanks, you know, to the Lord and His goodness and His grace, I didn't. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I didn't. I started with giving Him thanks for my wife because I have an awesome wife, and I was giving thanks to the Lord for Kara, for our marriage. That she's a worshiper. That she loves Jesus. That, that she's passionate. That she is committed to you. And I just started, you know, giving thanks for Kara. And then I started thanking the Lord for each one of my kids, just one at a time. And then by that time, I'm like, Oh Lord. I love you. Thank you for you. And uh, But then I started thinking for our father being a loving father and for Jesus being an eager, obedient son, eager to obey the father for our sake so that we might be saved. Giving thanks to the Holy Spirit. Giving thanks to God for his gifts. And the more I went, the more excited I got. Uh, it never turned shouting, um, but it very easily could have. Uh, it just didn't. When we read this passage, we see that giving thanks is excitement. But we also see that giving thanks is about serving. When we're giving thanks, we need to position our hearts in such a way that we are quick to serve. That, that pleases the Lord. That's His desire. That's His will. That we be servants. That we serve Him with joy. But that we serve Him with gladness. 
And, and I'll be so bold as to say, if we can't serve with joy and gladness, then keep that to yourself. Keep that form serving, because I don't know what it is, but... Lord, can I say that? He don't want it. He don't want it. If you can't do it joyfully, just keep it until you can give it joyfully. What he wants is joyful, servant-hearted people. And there's so many opportunities around us. So many opportunities. Even in this church, there's opportunities. But there's plenty of opportunities in our neighborhood and in our workplace to, to be a servant unto the Lord. Giving thanks is about coming to God and into his presence. That's what this passage says. Giving thanks is about getting to know God. If we want to get to know Him more, which I hear that all the time, Lord, I want to know you more. I, I hear it sung, I want to know you more, Lord. Then we need to we need to be a people who give thanks, who have gratitude and express that gratitude, and we will get to know the Lord more and more. Giving thanks is about identity. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. It's about identity. When we give thanks, we're reminded we're His. We are His. He sought us. He bought us. He ransomed us from sin, from death. We're His. Giving thanks is about praise and worship. Giving thanks is about sacrifice. Giving thanks is about blessing the Lord. Giving thanks is about recognition of God's goodness. Giving thanks is about God's faithfulness. And that's what we see from those five verses. We, Thanksgiving, the day, the feast, the gathering. Sounds like a video game. Thanksgiving, the gathering is over. It was great. We'll have it again in a year. But we should always be a people of Thanksgiving. We should always be able to giving thanks. That, that's in our DNA, guys. To not express it is, is contrary to who we are. Young people, I, I would really challenge you guys to go overboard and give thanks because there's been a really big label stuck on you guys on, you know, on that young generation that, that they're entitled, that they're spoiled, that they don't give thanks. There's, they're not. Man, I would fight that with everything within me. I really would. I would say, you can't put that label on me. I am a child of God and I am not defined by what year I was born or what everyone else is doing. And I would encourage you guys to go overboard in giving thanks. I really would. Don't let, don't let these labels be slapped on you just because it's true of the majority of people even. I don't even care. We are a people that gives thanks. And the last thing I said was it's about His faithfulness. So I really think it's interesting that, that we have two holidays here in America that are, that are back to back um, and we transition so dang quickly. I mean, you notice there's not even like Black Friday anymore. Like Black Friday is which is a horrible, horrible name. It, 
describes just the worst in us. Um, but we don't even have more because it starts Thursday night. Thursday at 6. Finish your meal quickly. Leave your family behind. Come get some electronics. We have five available and 500 of you that want it. Beat the heck out of each other to get it. And we, we transition quickly. But, but I want us to look at doing this this way. It should really be about preparing our heart to a place of thanksgiving that will carry us through the next month. See, we've got a we've got a month long window right now. Today's the twenty fifth. We've got a month till Christmas. We've got a window of opportunity to share the love of Jesus in such a tangible way. And I believe that that Thanksgiving, that giving thanks opens the door to that opportunity. See, because we're going to hear a, a fair amount of grumbling and complaining. We're going to hear a fair amount of, of hurt and concern and lack. And I want you guys to know that there is power in giving thanks. There's power in remembering who he is and then reminding others. We've got a we've got a one month window right now where people are more receptive to our message than any other time of the year, and that's the truth. People, they have hearts that are more set to receive the message that, that God loves the world during the next thirty days than any other time in the year. They soften they soften their hearts to it. They won't be as quick with that retort or, or to shoot down what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just, this is a fact. This is a very strategic time. When we get to share the love of Jesus and there's just a receptivity. For the next 30 days, people are a whole lot more receptive to love. And that's what the, the title of today's message is. Receptive to love. So knowing that we are the trailblazers, knowing that we are, are the ones who are going out there and we're setting, setting the course. We're pointing people to Jesus. We're plowing a way that makes it easier for others to come behind. So I guess the first point I want to make this morning in this is, friends, we need to set our hearts to that position where that we are receptive to love. We can't get jaded. We get distracted. And man, I, I love I love family. I love friends. I, there, I mean, and I love giving and I, I love gifts. But I, I just want to encourage us once again. And I do it every year. And then generosity is fantastic and, and giving is wonderful. It really is way better than even receiving the gifts. And I love to receive the gifts. But it can be such a distraction. It can be such a distraction and we can use it. The enemy can use it for such a way just to pound us and to beat us and say, you're not enough. You're not doing enough. You didn't buy enough for your kids. You didn't spend enough. And those are lies. Those are lies. We've got to set our hearts to be receptive to his love because when we are receptive to his love and our hearts get filled up, there is an overflow and it gushes and it splashes and it affects other people. 
And if we just barely have enough of His love during this season, friends, that there's... And what we have isn't just quite as much as what the Lord wants us to be able to pour out. He wants us to pour out from that overflow. And I think it starts with gratitude. I think it starts with gratitude. When I just sit and, and when I start my prayers with gratitude and giving thanks, before I ask for a ceiling, before I ask God to touch a single person, or before I lift any of your needs up, or any of you up to the Lord, when I take a second and I start my prayers with gratitude, then the rest of my prayers are different. The rest of my prayers are full of hope and faith and remembrance of who He is. Are we receptive to His love? Are we receptive to His reminders that you're enough? You're enough. You're mine. Your identity's in me. Again, friends, let's not get swept up in what I truly believe is the fault of the enemy that would tell us that we're not enough or we're not doing enough or we're not giving enough or that it causes us to examine you're not making enough. You're not... And this can be the most loving season of the entire year. It really can. I love, we've already, we already have our tree up. We already have decorations up. We already have candles that smell like trees. I mean, it's wonderful. I, I love Christmas, but this should be this season of love, but not just of feeling loved, but loving others. And just, just that overflow from being in his presence. John three sixteen seventeen tells the Christmas story wonderfully. Of course, we don't recognize it as the Christmas story, but it really is. It really is. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish of eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's a Christmas story. The virgin mother, the baby in the manger, the shepherds, the angels, the animals, the wise men, yeah, that, that's, that's part of the story. That's what the, the claymation cartoons, you know, would reflect, you know, back in the day. I don't know what they reflect now, but, you know, I don't even know if they do claymation anymore, but, but that's the message. For God so loved the world that he gave. In those two verses, we see that Christmas is about love. Then we see that Christmas is about giving God's love. Christmas is about believing Christmas is about life. Christmas is about pardon and approval. Christmas is about salvation. Christmas is about Jesus. Sharing our faith, it has its challenges. Inviting people to church or inviting people to, you know, church activities, it has its challenges. You know, there, there's some of us that are just really good at it, and there's others that, man, it just, it, it's, it's hard. 
But I, I'll tell you what makes it easier is if we will remember this story. If we'll remember what the message of John 3.16 and the love and the hope and the salvation that it speaks of. Brian, would you come up, please? As we're talking about love, and as we're talking about receiving love, and then being attentive and intentional around people whose hearts might be a little bit more open to receive love. Remember what it's about. Remember that God loved all the people of the world so much that He gave His one and only Son to them. That He gave His only Son to you and to I to pay our debt of sin. To receive our verdict of guilty for sin for curse, for death, for all sin, for all wrongdoing. Remember this message, for God so loved all the world. Because see, there's a lot of people outside of this room who really don't believe that they are deserving of this. And so they have a hard time of receiving this. And and they need to hear it. Although Jesus was the gift from the Father, God so loved the world that He gave His Son, Jesus excitedly, willingly, said yes to God's plan, said yes, yes, Lord. I will do this. He wasn't forced into it. He wasn't pressured into it. He wasn't, it wasn't a heavy-handed obligation. He willingly said, yes, Father. He willingly laid down his life knowing that the Holy Spirit was mighty to raise him from the dead. He willingly accepted the responsibility to pay that price and to bear our burden. And everyone who will believe in Jesus, everyone who believes will be saved. Everyone who believes will be healed. Everyone who believes will be delivered, will be free will have shackles removed from their lives, from their hearts, from their spirits, and they will experience freedom. And Jesus didn't come to the world to punish it, but to pardon, so that our world could be saved through Him for everyone who believes. Here's what I want us to do, guys. I want us to believe this, this message enough to let this message stand alone and let the Holy Spirit anoint it and use it to penetrate even the hardest of hearts. I want us to believe this message enough that we never again apologize for the Word of God. We never again apologize for a message of truth that that some would say is narrow-minded because Jesus says, I am the way, the way, not a way. I am the only way to the Father. I am the only way, the only truth, the only life. And we who received that pardon from Him and believed in Him, we know that to be true. So let's be 
bold yet affectionate and loving in our proclamation of that message. When we talk about Christmas, we can talk about donkeys and sheep and eagles and heavenly choruses. We can do that. We can talk about Linus coming up with his blanket and then dropping the blanket and saying, fear not. And I mean, I love it. I, I will talk that. Love it. But this is the message of Christmas. So we transition now from Thanksgiving to this, this season of love to Christmas. We have a 30-day opportunity. We have a month-long window where people are receptive to his love. Use it. We've got to use it. We've got to take advantage of it. We've got to start now. Let's let gratitude soften our hearts to the point where that when he's pouring his love into us, we're just like a sponge and we're just soaking up his love. But then with the littlest of squeeze, it just comes out and others benefit. I want us to be whole. I want us to be encouraged. I want us to be strengthened. I, I want us to be filled up. But I want us to then also take our eyes off of us and to serve our King however He wants us with a message of love. To serve our King however He would use us with the only message of truth that will save. We can never talk anybody into believing in Jesus. That's not our job. Our job is just to, to point them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's already wooing them. He's already drawing them. The Father's already drawing them unto Himself. Let's be His messengers. Let's be the ones proclaiming how good He is and that He is life and that He is truth and that He is the healer. I think because I get so easily excitable, sometimes it's easy to think, you know, sometimes I, maybe I do express everything with the same air of excitement. And so I just want to circle back on this one more time. You guys, we've got 30 days it's a it's a really open window, and I'm not kidding. I'm not going to come back and say this again in August. We've 30 days now, whether the temperature's so hot it's going to sweat the sin off of them, or I don't know. <laughs> we got 30 days where they're just open, and, and I do believe that there's opportunity. Let's be quick, and let's be quick. Let's be quick to share. Let's be quick to pray. Let's be quick to touch. By the way, um, who is the Lord was touching their knee? Who feel, Did anybody out there feeling like, and I feel like the Lord was touching and that my knee is being healed. Is there, is there anybody here that you're like, hey, I, was, I walked a knee problem and, and Christine, the Lord gave her that word and, and I believe he's touching my knee. Is there anybody? Looking around. So your knee hurt last night. And how does it feel right now? Good. Lord, we thank you for your healing power, Lord. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you are the healer and for healing mom's knee.